another hour of y'all talk with an accent on all things southern is upon us john rawl is my name rawl as in y'all y'all good to have you here on this thursday we're gonna have a fun time walking through the news of the south the goings-on of the south the music news of the south the sports news of the south and all the other gossip that goes on in dixie as we get this thursday off to a great start and we thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to us or to listen to us we're going to talk and you do the listening but we want to hear you we want you to do the talking it's not hard to do all you gotta do is pick up that phone and text us here we have a 24 hour a day text line that is available for you to reach out at your own leisure and tell us what you're thinking what's on your mind if you've got a something you want to pass along we certainly want to hear about it and if you've got a complaint yeah we'll take those too anything sweetheart that you want to tell us we'll let you vent at 615-208-4184 615-208-4184 love to get your feedback in this thursday show we've got packaged for you and coming at you all of the news headlines across the southeast today We'll tell you about, sadly, four people are now dead in a shooting in Shreveport, Louisiana. I'll let you know about that. We have some bad but good news out of both North Carolina and Virginia's beaches. Rip currents have prompted over 200 rescues. To my knowledge, there have not been any drownings. I'll dig deeper into that story. But we've been telling you about so many bad rip currents along the Gulf Coast of Florida. And those currents also, especially into the holiday weekend, rough in virginia and in north carolina but uh as far as i know good news from a fatality standpoint orkin you know the pest control company they've come out with their top mosquito cities is your city right there among the top cities in the country for bugs specifically mm, although they don't really make that sound mm, you don't even know they're coming until wham they got you and if you're like me you blow up bigger than a bean bag if you get bit by one of these mosquitoes i've got your top mosquito cities list where in the south do you want to avoid (laughs) i'll let you know i'll tell you a guy who's having a good time while he's hanging out in the heart of dixie that's matthew mcconaughey he's filming a movie in alabama right now and he's been making road trips i'll tell you where all he's been spotted lately all right all right all that in our news headlines plus today president joe biden is going to be in lexington county south carolina what in the world is he doing visiting mr rawls country i'll let you know as the president going to the columbia south carolina area not exactly biden country but i'll explain why he's there today anytime he's away from the white house but not going to delaware is a good thing in my opinion maybe he's setting up another cocaine deal (laughs) well i don't know how much is around west columbia where he's heading to but maybe they've got a few couple of kilos there speaking of cocaine there have been uh, some bags of cocaine washing up in florida like 62 pounds worth of it did biden have something to do with that i'll tell you about that headline if you owned a honda there have been over 124,000 hondas that are being recalled because of a possible brake failure i'll tell you your makes and models of that plus how about a great story out of the state of georgia today as a a shop there in the heart in the peach state is going to be giving out wedding dresses to both first first responders and military families 
Yes, about 20 brides have already signed up for the wedding dress giveaway. And I'll explain what's going on with this Brides Across America promotion in the Peach State. That's coming up in today's headlines. Plus, speaking of people getting married and people getting all up in love, do you know that the phrase Virginia is for lovers has been out and used by the Commonwealth since 1969? Virginia is for lovers. Anytime you stop in Virginia while passing through, you go by the rest stop. They've got a sign out there, and I've taken my picture by one of those signs. It's kind of cute. I'll give them that. They're taking this Virginia for lovers thing outside of the Commonwealth. There's a new Virginia is for lovers sign hanging out now in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. What's that all about? I'll explain. Plus, out of Middle Tennessee, a whopper of a baby has just been born. Born on the 4th of July and born coming in at over 13 pounds at the Williamson Medical Center. I'll tell you more about this big birth and how does this stack up with the average baby weight in today's world. All that is part of our news headlines today. Sounds fun and exciting, doesn't it? We've got sports coming your way. We are just a handful of days from the start of the SEC Media Days. That's going to be taking place not in Birmingham this year, not in Nashville, which is uh, not in Atlanta where it's been a couple of times in recent years. No, 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 no. For the first time, as far as I can tell, the SEC Media Days, that's the four-day event where coaches from all SEC member institutions get up at the podium, players come in. It's just a big circus and a a fun thing to watch. This year, for the first time in modern history, Media Days will be in good old Nashville, Tennessee. Hosted at the Grand Hyatt, right on Broadway in Nashville. Not far from Church Street Station, I think. It was across the other side of the Broadway Street there. And it's going to be a good time for the SEC Media Days. And that's starting up in a little bit over a week. It's July 17th through 20th. But I've got the schedule. We haven't really gone through this. And so come Monday, July 17th, Three coaches of the SEC will hit the podium. I'll tell you who they are as we spotlight the SEC Media Days coming up soon. Plus, in today's sports update, women's golf gets a lot of love as you're going to have the U.S. Women's Open going on this weekend. And one of the rock stars of the LPGA is having an emotional week, she explains, as this will be her final major tournament. It may be her final tournament, period. Michelle West, also known as Michelle Wee West, is riding off into the sunset. We'll explain. And and one other one other women's golf sorta story to tell you about. There's actually for the guys this week the John Deere event that they have each year up in Moline, Illinois area. And one of the most famous basketball players of, of recent years has crossed over that Mississippi River from Iowa into Illinois for this event this week as she's participating in a pro-am. Caitlin Clark, who was a heck of a basketball player at Iowa, and I think she's still going to be at Iowa. I think she's got another year year left, I think. I don't think the uh, WNBA's had a draft yet. 
and I think she's still going to play. Her team, the Hawkeyes, played for the national championship and fell to LSU this year, but she's a heck of a golfer. I've actually seen her play a round of golf, and she's great, really good. And she's participating this week in Illinois at a Pro-Am as they're about to have the PGA Tour stop there, and she's playing in a Pro-Am with Zach Johnson, a fellow Iowan. So I'll tell you about Caitlin Clark at the John Deere Classic that is going on on the fellows side of PGA Golf this week. All that in our sports today, plus we've got hashtag Blue. Our second hour today, we're going to give you all the latest out of Nashville, Tennessee. And recently, I told you about the band Perry. As Kimberly Perry, the, the lead singer of that, has kind of gone out on her own now. And she's got a new song out on the radio that's getting a lot of airplay called When I Die Young, Part 2. Of course, their, their song, When I Die Young, was... Their signature song, the band Perry, the Mississippi-based trio of, of siblings. And now she's kind of branched out on her own, and she's got this new When I Die Young Part 2 that's very good. I like it. It's about 60% of the old song, but it's got about 40% new material in there. And is this going to be another big hit? Not for band Perry, but for woman Perry as Kimberly's off on her own? Well, in that same <laughs> genre, not John Rawl, but genre, here comes another song that's following that same blueprint. And I just heard this one on the 4th of July. And how about this Savannah, Tennessee kid coming through with a new edition of a song that he had big time on the chart? As a result of the September 11th attack and the years after that, Daryl Worley had a song called Have You Forgotten? Well, now he's gone into the studio and reworked that song and has a brand new song out that I'm going to play a portion of it for you on today's Y'all Show as we get our Nashville Music Line Report set up for Hour 2. His new song is more of a political song. It's about the current divide we have politically not from going up against iraq and afghanistan and more but no this is about internal stuff and daryl worley's brand new song is called not have you forgotten but have we forgotten and i'll play that in hour two so that ought to be cool to give you all the news out of nash vegas and then in hour three today we're going to keep on with the fun we're going to have in addition to sports and news to tell you about We're going to go through festivals that are taking place this weekend. And my, 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 we got good ones going on. Have you heard of Bill Withers? He had a couple of really big pop songs. The West Virginia native has a festival in his namesake that will be going on this weekend. The Bill Withers Festival. Lovely Day is one of Bill Withers' most famous songs. It's going to be a lovely day, lovely day. I think I'll play that one. Uh, we got Bill Withers Festival going on this weekend in his native town in West Virginia. And, oh, y'all need to head to, not Alcorn. Don't head to Alcorn County because I got told a long time ago that in this Mississippi County, it's all corn, as in they don't grow cotton, they grow corn in Alcorn County, Mississippi. 
that would be where Corinth is located. And y'all, this weekend in Corinth, Mississippi, it's the annual Slug Burger Festival. What the heck is a Slug Burger? I'm going to walk through the recipe of what one is and tell you about all the activities that you can find in northeast Mississippi this weekend. It's the annual Slug Burger Festival, and it's going down in Corinth, a suburb of Farmington in Mississippi. I'm kidding. Farmington's just a crossroads. It's, uh, I guess you could put, if you're trying to find where Corinth is on the map, find Farmington, find Biggersville, and uh, to the west, I guess you got Walnut over there to the west, and then to the north, oh, that lovely Tennessee town called Selmer. Oh, I don't want to leave out East Point. Oh, yeah, East Point's actually between Selmer and Corinth. But, yeah, it's going to be a fun time in Corinth talking slug burgers, and I'm going to walk through all kinds of fun festivals going on across the south this week end and it's part of our southern travel report that's coming to you in hour number three so a full show and we can't thank you enough for joining us for the fun let's get into the news headlines of this thursday y'all show with your host the general of all things southern to shreveport we go and four people have now died seven wounded after a fourth of july evening shooting in that town in northwest Louisiana. The shooting happened at a birthday party in the MLK neighborhood in North Shreveport. Again, four people are now dead in this shooting that happened at the intersection of Pearly Avenue and Jones Mabry Road. The governor of Louisiana posted a statement regarding the shooting on his social media account. It says, The mass shooting in Shreveport on July 4th is both deeply disturbing and heartbreaking. I'm asking everyone to pray for the families who lost loved ones and for those survivors who are fighting for their lives. This was an annual celebration, and everyone who has who was in attendance deserved to leave or have an enjoyable and safe time. There is no excuse for why such a celebratory occasion turned into a devastating tragedy. That from the Democratic governor of the state of Louisiana, John Bell Edwards, what they released after, again, now four people, have been killed and several others wounded in a birthday party celebration gone wrong in Shreveport, Louisiana. The coast of North Carolina and Virginia has seen a lot of really rough rip currents out there lately, so much so that over 200 rescues during the 4th of July weekend coming in from the coastal areas of North Carolina and Virginia. Lifeguards having to pull out about 200 swimmers during this holiday weekend, the chief of the Virginia Beach Life Saving Service, Tom Gill, said that the city's more than 180 rescues were high even for a holiday weekend. So just in Virginia Beach, 180 rip current rescues. The chief there said that three of the rescued swimmers were taken to hospitals for treatment after appearing to have inhaled water. Now, Virginia Beach has been flying red flags to warn of dangerous rip currents. And over in North Carolina at Hatteras Island, 21 rescues over the holiday weekend. The rescues in Virginia and North Carolina that all are, again, are in the category of rescues. That's great news for the 4th of July. Unfortunately, last month, 
10 deaths in North Carolina and Virginia, as well as the Gulf of Mexico area of around Pensacola. 10 people dying in rip current deaths. Rip currents typically cause more than 100 deaths in this country a year, according to the U.S. Life-Saving Association. And according to the National Weather Service, 57 people have already died this year from rip currents all the way up to July 1st. A rip current is a powerful, narrow channel of water flowing away from the beach and often extending through the breaker zone where waves form, and they can emerge regardless of surface weather and can quickly sweep even the strongest swimmer out to sea. I don't really know how, other than following some of the flag warnings that lifeguards put up, it just seems to be a pretty risky thing to go way on out there if you're going to go swimming in the ocean as rip currents will rip people's lives apart, those who are left behind because so many people die. We just saw last week Ryan Mallett, former Arkansas quarterback, died in a rip current-related death in Destin, Florida. So just be advised. We all want to have a good time out at the beaches of the South, but my goodness, dangerous out there with rip currents, not just on the Atlantic side, but over on the Gulf side too. Either section of our southern beaches can be scary. I doubt we have too many rip currents in our inland waterways, but that's not necessarily true. I was with a friend over the weekend, and we were at a big lake, a Corps of Engineer lake, actually, and he was telling me how he knew a guy really well, and they were together, but not there at the exact time that this guy drowned, but he was close by, and the guy got sucked into a spillway and shot out the other end of this big dam and drowned, and and my friend had to go tell his parents about his death, and it's just a terrible, terrible thing. So be careful. Please be careful. Now, let's tell you about how in the Florida Keys, speaking of the water in the tropics, a group of boaters have come across dozens of pounds of cocaine and hashish while in the waves near the Florida Keys. The Border Chief Patrol in that portion of Florida, Walter Slosser, said his agents in the Miami sector seized a total of 87 pounds of hashish and 62 pounds of cocaine from the boaters. Was Joe Biden in the Florida Keys this last weekend? The Border Chief did not indicate when or where the drugs were found, but noted the fine's impressive street value. The drugs had an estimated value of over $1.4 million. But how would you like to be out in the water and come across this? This routinely happens, by the way, in the Miami area and the Florida Keys area. But again, the boaters stumble upon a big, big stash of drugs. According to Customs and Border Protection, a 341,000 pounds of drugs have been seized this year alone. Cocaine was about 33,000 pounds of that. The majority was marijuana. Methamphetamines also made up this list. So if you're out in the waters of the South, not only do you have to be worried about stumbling upon drugs, you got to be worried about rip currents. And then, oh yeah, there's something called sharks in some of these waters. Hmm, I think that plastic pool that you can blow up and put in your backyard is sounding like a pretty good option right now. Don't you?
<laughs> splish splash. Joe Biden is going to be in Republican country today. He's going to be here in the South as he's going to West Columbia, right there in the Columbia area of South Carolina, as he'll be flying into Lexington County. He's going to deliver remarks at Flex LTD, a supply chain and manufacturing solutions company. And just a couple of days ago, his lady, I didn't realize she had traveled to Paris Island down in the Beaufort area of South Carolina. But yes, Jill Biden went by the Marine Corps graduation at Paris Island just last week. And now her hubby is going to be flying into the capital city area of South Carolina and going to this company called Flex LTD. Of course, South Carolina is the new first state in the country for Democrats in terms of the primary process. It is number three in the order of Republicans. And Republicans are traversing that state in a huge way. With appearances more, you got two big-time South Carolina political officials running for president, former Governor Haley and current U.S. Senator Tim Scott. None of them can have the kind of attention that guy, the guy named Donald can have with tens of thousands of his supporters showing up this past weekend about two hours northwest of where Joe Biden will be today as Trump had a huge rally on Saturday in Pickens, South Carolina, of which the other U.S. Senator for South Carolina, Lindsey Graham, got booed. Y'all got to go watch that. If you haven't seen that, it's... It's must-see TV. (laughs) But South Carolina, again, a state that now Joe Biden, even though it's a very red state, he's got to go show up at an event like this because he's trying to woo the Democratic voters of South Carolina in the primary that's going to be the first in the country. And it was the South Carolina Democratic primary of 2020 that completely turned around Joe Biden's presidential bid. He was being killed in Iowa and New Hampshire. It was embarrassing what was happening to him. And there, when he hit Palmetto Country, Jim Clyburn and the specific black women vote completely put him in the White House. So he owes a lot to the Democratic voters of South Carolina. Now to North Carolina. What a crazy story out of Mooresboro, North Carolina. The Rutherford County, North Carolina Sheriff's Office said it now needs help identifying a woman accused of trying to destroy a funeral home. The woman caused damage to Eggers Funeral Home in Mooresboro. The sheriff's office mentioned that in between the time that the female was causing damage to the funeral home, she made multiple wardrobe changes, and she changed her hairstyle as well. She ended up leaving the area on video. You can see it leaving on a black bicycle. What in the world would lead a woman and they're trying to identify her. By the way, if you see these images and you know who tried to destroy Eggers Funeral Home in Rutherford County, North Carolina, give them a call. 828-286-2911. 828-286-2911. Woman trying to burn down or destroy a funeral home, for goodness sake. Was there somebody in there that she just couldn't stand anymore, even though they had moved on to the great beyond? Huh? Or was there something else going on here with this woman, this unidentified woman? But we're going to find her. There's actually, I'm looking at the pictures of her now. Heck, one of the pictures, she's wearing a bikini. 
and bringing flowers. Hmm. Something, as we say here in Dixie, that girl ain't right. She just ain't right. It looks like she ain't right. Who would want to burn down a funeral home? If you own a Honda, listen up. Honda is recalling more than 100,000 recently manufactured vehicles over a brake issue that could lead to a loss of function. So listen up. If you have any of these models, a 20 to 2021 Honda Civic, a 20 to 2023 Ridgeline, a 21 to 23 Honda Passport, a 21 to 22 model Honda Pilot, or a 2020 Acura MDX. Honda has informed the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration that a loose fastener on the brake booster assembly can cause the brakes to stop working normally and increase the risk of a crash. Yikes! So, again, Honda recalling more than 100,000 recently manufactured vehicles over this brake issue. Chances are, if you own a car that is of these late models that are having this recall, you've likely already been contacted by Honda, and you're going to set something up where you can go in and get this all taken care of. Earlier in June, Honda recalled nearly 1.2 million vehicles over a cable connector problem that prevented rear camera images from appearing on the dashboard screen. So they're having a few technical difficulties with Honda. Just happened to be passing through Lincoln, Alabama the other day where they make Hondas here in the South. I'm not completely sure of the different models they make there in Lincoln and East Alabama, but uh, we love our southern-based manufacturing car plants, and that's a good one there in Lincoln, Alabama, which I think is that. I know it's right on the county line if it's not in Talladega County, but I think it might be Talladega County, Alabama, right down from the racetrack is where Lincoln is. Great pit stop if you ever need to get cheap gas and a, a nice uh, bathroom break if you're ever on Interstate 20 traveling between Birmingham and Atlanta. Okay, all the kind of information you're looking for, we've got right here at the Y'all Show, I'm sure. You probably weren't looking for that kind of information. All right, when we come back on the Y'all Show, we're going to shift over and give you a quick sports update of the day, and then before the hour is up, we've got a look at some hashtag hullabaloo social media fun all coming up on the show that shakes the Southland. We are Y'all.
and we're going to pour it on here. Thanks to Trick Pony getting us set up for this Southern Sports segment of the Y'all Show and some college football news that came out on Wednesday. The former Florida Gator quarterback Jalen Kitna has had his child porn charges dropped as part of a plea deal. Kitna was arrested back on November 30th on five felony child pornography charges, two counts of distribution of child exploitation material, and three counts of possession of child pornography. Police received a tip from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children that a user had distributed an image of child sexual abuse material on Discord, which is a social media platform. And the investigation found that Kitna to be is the likely owner of that account. Kitna, the son of former NFL quarterback, I think he primarily played with the Seahawks, John Kitna, that's his father, as part of this plea deal, Jalen Kitna will not be required to register as a sex offender and will not serve jail time. However, he is sentenced to one-year probation, which could be reduced to six months if he complies with the conditions of his parole. Jalen Kitna, who's no longer a part of the Florida Gator football program, he was a quarterback there at UF, and now he's reached a plea deal pleading no contest to two misdemeanor counts of breach of the peace. And he's going to be in a little bit of hot water, but certainly getting off in a big way with the uh, possible seriousness of these charges with child pornography being the main problem he was facing. Even the children of the elite, and John Kitna is a household name in football world. He played for a long time in the NFL. And here's a kid, Jalen, his son, who was a very good quarterback in his own right, growing up in a household where his father was an NFL starting quarterback. Even a privileged child like that can't go into the dark ends of life. And here he appears to have gone into a dark area but is getting his hand slapped and will get a chance to likely pick up a football and play it for somebody else and maybe, just maybe, have a chance to go off and play in the NFL like his father did for a number of years. We're just about nine days away, maybe not quite that much, from the start of the SEC football media days. For the first time in modern history, the Media Days event is going to be in Nashville. It will be held at the Grand Hyatt, right on Lower Broadway in Nashville. And it is indeed the first time this event's ever held in Nashville, the third time for the event to travel outside of the Birmingham metro area. It, it's been in Atlanta, and I don't know where else it could have been. Possibly Memphis at some point. But now it's going to be coming to Nashville, and they're rolling out the red, white, and blue carpet and a little maybe a little big orange carpet and a little Vanderbilt black and gold carpet possibly a little maroon and white for both MSU and A&M and maybe a little crimson and you, you get what I'm saying Nashville's going to make this thing a big deal it's going to be a sort of another version of an NFL draft with lots of activities and more going on in Music City 
It's going to be a four-day event that you can tune in and watch on the SEC Network. The schedule, this is where we'll tell you now who all is coming and what days. The opening day of SEC Football Media Days from Nashville will be Monday, July 17th. And your coaches that will be appearing that day alongside players from each of these programs where these schools will be the spotlight on this specific day. LSU and Brian Kelly will be there on the opening day as well as Eliah Drinkwitz of Mizzou and Jimbo Fisher of the Texas A&M Aggies. Your second day of SEC Media Days features Auburn's Hugh Freeze, the new coach there on the Plains, as well as your defending national champion, two-time national champion. Kirby Smart of Georgia will be featured on Tuesday, July 18th, as well as the new coach of MSU, Zach Arnett, and his Mississippi State Bulldogs, and their players will be in Nash Vegas on the 18th. And then the hometown Clark Lee Vanderbilt Commodore appearance will be on the second day of Media Days. Vanderbilt, a much-improved ball club in 2022, and Lee looking to get Vandy back to the bowls scene, trying to get, pardon the pun, the ship righted there on West End. Well, he's going to have to scoot over from West End down to Lower Broadway for this event on the 18th. I think he'll make it, though. On the third day of SEC Media Days, Nick Saban will hit the stage as he'll be among the four coaches featured on day number three. The Arkansas Razorbacks head man Sam Pittman will be on the podium. Billy Napier making his second year appearance at the SEC Media Days event. The Florida Gators are on tap for the 19th. And then Mark Stoops and the much-improved Kentucky Wildcat football team will be the fourth of the four teams on stage on that final on that next to final day. Then the final day of SEC Media Days is July 20th, and on the stage that day will be Mississippi headman Lane Kiffin, as well as the head Gamecock Shane Beamer, as South Carolina's among the schools featured on July 20th, and Josh Heupel and the Orange Bowl champion Tennessee Vols will be on stage for that final day, July 20th, and that again is your lineup. SEC Football Media Days, which gets all underway on Monday, July 17th. Somehow I thought it could be possible that it was going to be this coming Monday, but no, it's another week. But the first time it's ever been held in Nashville, of course, Nashville often has held SEC men's and women's basketball championships, the SEC tournament. Nashville, if they could get a better football stadium, should be giving Atlanta a run for the money for hosting the SEC championship. That's what I think. Now with Texas and Oklahoma coming into the conference in the near future, perhaps Jerry World would be a good option for that SEC championship every now and then. Houston and the stadium down there for the Texans. Hmm, That's about it. Because the Liberty Bowl certainly is not worth hosting an SEC championship. So sorry, Memphis. Let's talk about a little golf news as the U.S. Women's Open is getting ready to go off at Pebble Beach and a record $11 million purse is going to be available for all the ladies of this year's Women's Open. The winner gets a $2 million check. First time I think a major champion on the LPGA Tour gets $2 million plus. The Women's PGA Championship winner got $1.5 million and now the U.S. Women's Open winner at Pebble Beach gets a $2 million payday. Not quite as good as the Live Tour 
but a very good number indeed for women's golf. They've had over 2,100 entries into the USGA to try to qualify for this tournament, and now at Pebble Beach, we've got this big, big tournament taking place on the left coast and I've got a listing of some upcoming U.S. Women's Open sites and it looks like we're not going to have any in the south until Pinehurst and it's going to be 2029 when the Women's U.S. Open will be there at Pinehurst the rest of the tournaments going forward between now and then are going to be in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Ohio Big Ten country, mostly, it looks like. So, come on, ladies. One of the names to be looking for this week, long time she was known as Michelle Wee. Now she's got married, and her name's Michelle Wee West, and she's playing in her last U.S. Open, a place that's been very special in her career, Pebble Beach. So check out Michelle. She's on the tour, and one of the most famous figures on the LPGA Tour is this I think she's a California native and a Stanford alum. Michelle Wee wishing her all the best. And I'm sure she will find a television camera soon and be a very regular a, a person that appears on TV, probably a anchor or something on LPGA coverage because she's truly been one of the top names of women's golf for many, many years. And that is a quick look at your Southern sports for this Thursday. When we come back, we've got a quick look at Hashtag Hullabaloo, some social media fun from across the southeast. That is ahead after this break. Quite the southern gentleman as he gets us ready to talk a little social media fun on this segment we call Hashtag Hullabaloo. John Rawl back here with the Y'all Show. And this is a chance for all y'all to get on social media and talk about the South. And if our producers here see you talking about Dixie, well, we are likely going to share it with all you guys. So, Mr. Southern Gentleman Hank, we appreciate you letting us talk about the South because We've got a Southern lady to talk about. That would be Southern Lady Magazine. Have y'all checked out this magazine? Southern Lady is a bi-monthly magazine that celebrates, delights, and inspires women who live in the South and those who are simply Southern at heart. 
I've had a chance to see that magazine as a former Southern magazine publisher and owner. Yeah, they do a good job. Been doing it a long time based out of Birmingham, Southern Lady Magazine. And their social media account this week, at Southern Lady Mag, caught our producer's attention as they had a William Faulkner quote and then tied it into the 4th of July as Southern Lady's tweet this week said from William Faulkner, his quote, We must be free, not because we claim freedom, but because we practice it. That was from Yachnapatafa's own William Faulkner. We must be free, not because we claim freedom, but because we practice it. Hmm. Very well said by the Mississippian, William Faulkner. He may have said that while sitting in the phone booth there at Roanoke. Southern Lady has chimed in on that Faulkner quote and have added the following phrase, a very timely phrase this week, as they, on their social media account, said, Happy Fourth of July from our Southern Lady team. We hope you enjoy this wonderful day with family and friends. That's a very nice thing from the ladies over at Southern Lady. This bi-monthly magazine that celebrates, delights, and inspires women who live in the South and those who are simply Southern at heart. Thank you for that very red, white, and blue expression. And anytime we can fit in a William Faulkner quote into the y'all show, we'll, we'll do just that. William Faulkner, by the way, died in 1962, I think it was. He has been dead a long time. But his literary word lives on. And his inspiration behind so many people who are fans of the written word. Truly one of America's great writers. From North Mississippi and his mythical Yaknamatafa County. William Faulkner getting some love by Southern Lady Magazine. And we're giving Southern Lady Magazine a little love here. We're going to wrap up this y'all show after this break and get you set for hour two of the show that is just like a William Faulkner story. It's good. At least I think we are. Would you agree? If not, then let me know that too. We'll be right back. One five two zero eight forty one eighty four. That is the way to text us here at the Y'all Show. If you've got something that you want to share with us, maybe some good hashtag hullabaloo recommendations. Six one five two zero eight four one eight four. That's the way to do it. That's a twenty four hour a day line that you can send to us because we got people who listen to us on the radio. We got lots of people who catch us in podcast form on Apple Podcast and iTunes as well as those who listen to us on Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and the TuneIn app. Thank you for all of our podcast listeners as we stir up things about the South here on the Y'all Show. We got a couple of more hours of stirring up this Thursday edition. Why don't you join us for the fun? More of the Y'all Show is coming up here on Y'all.com's Y'all Show.
you to get going with our two of this Thursday y'all show. Hello. It's good to see you. It's good to at least be with you. Maybe not see you, but I'd like to see you. How y'all doing? John Rawl is my name. I'm the general of the South. Look away, look away, but don't look too far because John Rawl's right here, y'all. And we're going to talk about the South and the South that we all know and love. And if you don't know and love the South, then that's on you, buddy. That is all you. We're going to promote the South in a big way. We do it each and every day, and we're glad to do it. From the South Air Chair here of the Y'all Show. If you would like to get involved with this all Southern program covering 16 states and more, 615-208-4184 is our text line. 615-208-4184. Easy to get in touch with us 24 hours a day. Thank you to all of our radio station listeners. Thank you to all of you who catch the podcast edition of the show that shakes up the Southland each and every day. Y'all, coming up in this hour, we've got more headlines from across the South that we'll be getting to, including we're going to talk about Skeeters in a big way. That's coming up. Plus, we've got country music news. It's our Nashville Music Line report. And Daryl Worley, the Savannah, Tennessee kid. I used to go to his Worley Birds restaurant there in Savannah. Good food. I don't think he's in the restaurant business anymore, but he's still in the business of making good music right there in Hardin County, Tennessee. And Daryl Worley has gone into the studio and reworked one of his most popular songs, Have You Forgotten. He's got the new song out right now called Have We Forgotten. I'm going to play a portion of that and tell you more about this new song from Daryl Worley and other newsmakers and what's going on in Music City, USA. Part of our Nashville Music Line Report this hour, plus we've got more sports news to tell you about, including former, uh, why am I saying former? It seems like she's gone on to the WNBA, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I need to double check this. Caitlin Clark, the best women's basketball player in the country last year. She won the award for that. So um, it's not my opinion. She won the award. Her team played for the national championship and they fell to LSU. But her team did beat South Carolina in the final four of women's basketball. Caitlin Clark was in a pro-am out in Illinois as her uh, PGA Tour is now playing that John Deere Classic in the quad cities of both Iowa and Illinois and she and Zach Clark an Iowa native a Masters champion did I say Zach Clark? Zach Johnson Caitlin Clark, Zach Johnson They teamed up and played in this program, and I'm going to tell you a little bit more about her golf game in our sports update here this hour. So that ought to be fun, plus maybe a little bit more on the women's golf scene we can squeeze in here this hour of our conversation about the South. Let's get into the headlines, you all, as we want to tell you about, for starters, out of Shreveport, Louisiana, sad news as four people have now died in a 4th of July shooting at a birthday party this happened in the mlk neighborhood in north shreveport the shooting happened near the intersection of pearly avenue and jones mabry road governor of louisiana john bell edwards posting a statement regarding the shooting on his social media accounts he's not happy this followed the deadly shooting in baltimore there was a double homicide 
and a total of three people killed in Bolivar, Tennessee on the 4th of July. What was going on with the heat that caused so many deaths at what should have been happy occasions across the southeast? Sad to tell you about that here to start our headlines of this Thursday edition. want to also let you know that during the 4th of July holiday extended weekend on the Virginia, North Carolina coast, lifeguards had to help pull out 200 swimmers from those two states, Atlantic Ocean seashores. And in Virginia Beach alone, it was more than 100. I think it was 180 rescues during the 4th of July weekend in Virginia Beach. Dangerous rip currents going on. Virginia Beach lifeguards have been flying red flags to warn of dangerous rip currents. But it's hard to keep people out of the water, especially on the 4th of July. Huge holiday weekend where people had lots of time and lots of sun and lots of heat. Do you want to hang out on the sand and sweat your fanny off, or do you want to get out there in that cool water? Unfortunately, that cool water, if you're in the wrong spot, can sweep you away. Rip currents typically cause more than 100 deaths a year, according to the U.S. Life-Saving Association. A rip current is a powerful, narrow channel of water flowing away from the beach, and it often extends through the breaker zone where waves form, and they can emerge regardless of surface weather and can quickly sweep even the strongest swimmer out to sea. Be careful. Be careful whether you're on the Atlantic visiting North Carolina's and, and Virginia's beaches or on the Gulf Coast where we've seen at least 10 people die on the emerald coast of florida and over into alabama as well it's it's a it's a rough go out there from a rip current standpoint so be precautious for sure orkin orkin has come out with their annual listing of top mosquito cities do you really want to be number one on this list mosquitoes are ready for their close-up and i was having a dodge mosquito last night when i was getting some notes together for this show. I'm not a big mosquito fan, y'all. I don't know about you, but whenever a mosquito bites me, it looks like a grapefruit, the bite. I'm a, I'm a sucker for those suckers. Those blood suckers find me for some reason. But I've got the listing from Orkin. Their top 50 mosquito cities. As the weather begins to warm up and people venture outdoor for activities and summer gatherings, Mosquitoes want to enjoy the weather, too, as mosquitoes thrive in warm temperatures and after rainfall can lay their eggs in low-lying pools and reproduce rapidly, changing from larva to adult stage in as little as several days to a couple of weeks. Now, Orkin's list of top cities is based on treatment data from the metro areas where Orkin performed the most mosquito control services between April of last year and March 31st of this year. This list includes both residential and commercial mosquito treatments. Could I have the envelope, please? From Orkin and Orkin.com, the top mosquito cities in the country. Should I start from 50 and go down? Yeah, we'll do that. And I'm going to primarily feature the southern cities. So the first southern city that shows up on Orkin's list is at number 47, Greensboro, North Carolina. 
Number 46, first time on the list, at least in the last two years, Austin, Texas, checks in as the number 46 most mosquito city in the country. West Palm Beach, Florida is at 45. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina is at 44. Knoxville, Tennessee, 43. The Big Easy, New Orleans, checks in at number, they're at 41 on this list of top mosquito cities in America. In northeast Oklahoma, Tulsa is number 40. San Antonio checks in at 39. Coming in at number 34, Kansas City, Missouri. Most mosquito city. Number 31, a lot of heat in this town. And there's a big river right next to it too. Memphis checks in at number 31 on Orkin's list of top mosquito cities in the country. The James River, I do believe, flows through this town. And it's hot there right now. The capital city of Virginia, Richmond, checks in at number 30. St. Louis, Missouri is at 29. Oklahoma City, which was not on last year's listing of top 50 mosquito cities, it's moved in all the way to number 28 this year. Congratulations. (laughs) Sort of. Coming in at number 26 on the list is Greenville, South Carolina. Number 25, Norfolk, Virginia. Number 24, Nashville, Tennessee. Lots of mosquitoes on them country music stars, biting them up. Number 20, rather, we can now go into the top 20. Number 19 is Baltimore. Comes in at number 19 on the list of Orkin's top cities for mosquitoes. Checking in at number 14 is Orlando, Florida. Miami is at 13, and Tampa is 12. So you got... Orlando, Miami, Tampa, all back to back to back. Over in North Carolina, Raleigh, Durham is number 11. I guess they left out Chapel Hill in this listing. Charlotte, North Carolina, comes in at number 10 on the list of top mosquito cities. Number 9, H-Town. Houston is checking in at number 9 on Orkin's list of top mosquito cities. Then you've got Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. A lot of bloodsuckers in D.C., and that includes mosquitoes. Mosquitoes are there, but the other bloodsuckers are the one I'd be more worried about. D.C. comes in at number six in this listing of top mosquito cities. The Big D, Dallas-Fort Worth, is at number five on the list. The ATL, Atlanta, checks in at number four. And that's your highest southern city. Atlanta has more mosquitoes in the country, according to Oregon, or at least more treatment going on for mosquitoes, or as they call them locally, skeeters. Atlanta's at four. So where do we have our top three cities? What are they? Number three on Orkin's top cities with the most mosquitoes, New York City. Number two, the windy city of Chicago. And that means the number one town in America for mosquito treatment from Orkin is Tinseltown. Los Angeles is the top city in the country for the third consecutive year. A reason we shouldn't be going to Los Angeles, perhaps, for that family vacation. If you do, you better take a couple of cases of off, or you'll be off the left coast and back to the south, where our mosquitoes are not quite as hostile. This guy knows a little bit about the, both the South and Los Angeles. Matthew McConaughey. He's filming a movie called The Rivals of Amziah King in Alabama right now. 
And when he's not filming, McConaughey, the A-list movie star who likes to drive himself to filming location, he goes and drives the back roads and side streets. And he often, according to reports, rolls down the driver's side window and waves to fans. He's actually been seen in Alabama driving a Lincoln, which is, he's a pitch man for Lincoln. So way to go, Lincoln. You got your guy out there driving around Bama in a Lincoln car. A Lincoln aviator that he was driving left the Pell City Steakhouse back on June 14th. And then he drove to the Green Valley neighborhood in Hoover driving a Lincoln on June 29th. In fact, we've got a quote as he talked to a group of Hoover, Alabama residents standing outside their homes to watch some stuff out there on the street. And Matthew McConaughey told those people, quote, how y'all doing? I came to work in your neighborhood. <laughs> so, yeah, he's uh, he's busy in Alabama as they've been filming this movie inside the Oakmont Chapel Presbyterian Church on Patton Chapel Road in Hoover. And um, just like a true Longhorn guy, one fan says that she asked him, could she get a wave from Matthew McConaughey? And he flashed back a hook em horns sign saying, see you in September, in reference to Texas playing in Tuscaloosa against the Crimson Tide on September 9th. So, Matthew, if you're listening, if you want to go on outside of the Alabama area, come on to other portions of the South. In fact, besides right there in Birmingham, he's been seen at the Frosty Mug in Walker County, where Jasper is located. Have I been to the Frosty Mug? I don't think I have. He's also been seen at Ulysses's Steak Sandwich Restaurant. Okay, hold on a second. I'm sorry. The Frosty Mug in Walker County has been transformed for this movie into a fictional restaurant called Ulysses' Steak Sandwiches. It's got a cartoon sign of General Ulysses S. Grant, not necessarily the most popular guy in Alabama, uh, riding a horse and holding up a sandwich in his hand. Okay, so if you are right there in Walker County, Alabama, and you see your old restaurant now looking like a whole different one, that's the reason. This one is a movie set right now. So yeah, it looks like McConaughey having a good time in Alabama. In fact, how about this? He's a father of three, and he enrolled his 10-year-old son, Livingston, into a one-day Nick Saban youth football camp in Tuscaloosa. So that's pretty cool. He's having a great time in Bama. And of course, he filmed in Mississippi with the free state of Jones. and He's a great Southern actor, Matthew McConaughey. Rumored to even be a potential governor of Texas one day. And, hey, why doesn't he just go ahead and sign up for running for president? There'll be a lot of people vote for Matthew McConaughey. All right. All right, all right, all right. Elsewhere in our stories across the South today, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, not necessarily a southern place, but they're getting a little dose of Dixie thanks to a loved sign. Not love's truck stop, but 
No, Philadelphia now has a permanent reminder that Virginia is for lovers. And it comes to them courtesy of Fairfax County, Virginia, as that county's tourism marketing organization, Visit Fairfax, has given a love sculpture to the Fashion District Philadelphia. That's a big shopping area in downtown Philly. And they've got sculptures there in that area. And now they've got this new love. And this is the love that you see when you are in Virginia. It's the marketing slogan for Virginia's tourism. It's been Virginia's tourism slogan since 1969. And it's considered one of the most iconic ad campaigns in the past 50 years. Virginia is for lovers. This was created in Richmond by the ad design team of David N. Martin and George Waltz of Martin and Waltz after they won the state travel account back in the 1960s. And how about that? Virginia is for lovers. If you ever get into Virginia traveling and you stop at one of their rest stations, they've got these signs right there for you to take a picture with a selfie. And they're, they're pretty neat. It makes you want to take a picture when you're there. And so Virginia now spreading that love message beyond its borders over into Yankee land of Philadelphia, PA. And our last headline of the day from the South comes to us from Franklin, Tennessee. We've got a big old baby coming out of Williamson County now. I mean, a big baby, a whopper. Congratulations to this baby born on the 4th of July. Sounds like a Tom Tom Cruise movie. Yeah, I, get, I don't want to mess up my Tom Hanks and Tom Cruise born on the 4th of July. But how about this new baby that was born on the Independence Day holiday weighing in at 13.2 pounds. I don't have a name, but I just got a weight. And what a what an entry. The mother, and congratulations to her for birthing this baby. And to the Williamson Medical Center's staff there, the NICU and maternity departments. Coming in with a bang at 13.2 pounds. They put out a statement. This firecracker is helping us celebrate 4th of July in our nursery. Congratulations. What an entry. 13.2. By the way, the average weight of a newborn baby in America is between 5 pounds 8 ounces and 8 pounds 13 ounces newborns who are lighter or heavier than the average baby are usually fine so most babies come in let's just say 7 to 8 pounds this baby was 13 pounds going ahead and getting things going on the right right way that baby's already been to a few buffets it looks like and nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that baby whoever you are whatever you are i don't even know if it's a boy or girl have a great life and we're tickled to talk about you and your 13 plus pounds of baby weight as you enter the world congratulations to baby and to baby's family well, that will wrap up our news headlines of this hour here on Y'all Talk with an Accent on All Things Southern. We're going to take a timeout and come right back with you. 
and we have our Nashville Music Line Report. We've got music from Daryl Worley. Some brand new music, but it's going to sound very familiar. I'll explain that and some other headlines out of the country music scene and music row. That's ahead on our Nashville Music Line Report. That is Daryl Worley, and that is not Have You Forgotten, that is Have We Forgotten, and that is a brand new release from Daryl following the 20th anniversary of that original song, Have You Forgotten. Can you believe it's been 20 years since that thing came out? Of course, that original tune was a September 11th, 2001 Remembrance song, as he specifically called out Bin Laden and more. It was from his album of the same name, Have You Forgotten? One of his biggest songs went to number one back in 2003. And Daryl Worley took that song to all ends of the earth as he performed for soldiers in Afghanistan and Kuwait. Played all over. Still plays it. And this is a 20th, uh, 2023 take on that. I'm going to play it again some more. And agree to disagree what we had in common Have we forgotten Have we forgotten I remember when Americans were all red, white, and blue When it's all for one and one for all There's nothing we can't do Have we forgotten who we really are? How we brave the deep blue ocean with freedom in our hearts? Have we forgotten? What do y'all think? Daryl Worley, a 2023 take on his 2003 number one. And have you forgotten now? Have we forgotten? 
Have we forgotten a new message of heartfelt introspection born much like the first song out of love for this nation and its people? That's what Daryl Worley said. And he added, this is a question as Americans, we need to ask ourselves, have we forgotten? This again, more of a political song from Daryl. What do y'all think? I like it. I like it. I think it's a much-needed song, just like Have You Forgotten was 20 years ago, and we wish him all the best. He's got this song out, a song that originally Have You Forgotten was a song he co-wrote. He co-wrote that with Wynn Varble, and a big hit for the Savannah, Tennessee-based singer Daryl Worley. Daryl, right now, is 58 years young. I know he went to school at UNA. I remember that. I think he studied chemical engineering or some kind of engineering there. And if you go back and look at his bio, I told you earlier, I once dined at Whirly Birds, a restaurant he had in Savannah. He had that back in 2005, six, something like that when I was there. And he also owned a furniture store in Enterprise, Alabama. I was not aware of that. And I've also kind of uh, conveniently forgotten that in a non-full frontal pose, Daryl Worley once appeared in Playgirl magazine. A non-full frontal nude pose. Whatever that means. Yeah, check him out in Playgirl. (laughs) Daryl Worley, he has not had a record out in quite some time, at least a full studio album. I think it's going back to 2009 when he had Sounds Like Life but he does have this new single Have We Forgotten getting some traction thus far and yeah let's see where where he can go with his career some of his big songs through the years include his first number one I Miss My Friend what a great song 2002 the year for that one his first song, by the way, came out in 2000, When You Need My Love. Love that. That's a great, great song, followed by A Good Day to Run, and then Oh, Right There in Savannah. This song, I can't believe, only got to number 31 on the chart, but uh, Tennessee River Run, maybe his most famous song, went to number 31 on the chart, but certainly beloved in much of the volunteer state and all of the Pickwick states, if you know what I mean. He's had a number one with Awful Beautiful Life, And his last song that got a fair amount of traction was Sounds Like Life to Me in 2009. Daryl Worley. Now, is he going to get back up there toward the top of the charts with this, you could call it re-release, but a political spin on Have You Forgotten? The new song is Have We Forgotten? And this follows what the band Perry, Kimberly Perry, has done with If I Die Young. She's got If I Die Young part two out right now we might see a lot more of this is this lazy man's music Mm, could be I mean I'm all for new music even if it's uh, mostly a rehash of something from 20 years ago if it's good I'd rather have that than hear 5,000 Morgan Wallen songs in one hour which is what a lot of radio stations are playing these days no offense Morgan no offense at all sir that's the new one that we wanted to let you know all about from 
Daryl Worley. Some other new songs that you might want to be on the lookout for. Maddie and Tay have a song out called Heart They Didn't Break. Vince Gill and Paul Franklin. Vince with some new music out called Danny Boy. You might want to check that out on your various stream options. Also, you might remember Kristen Bush. Kristen Bush, I think, was a part of um, Sugarland. I think that's right. And Little Umbrellas is the new song out from Kristen Bush. There's also a new song from David Nail. I like David Nail. He's a guy from the Boot Hill of Missouri. He's got a new song out called Silverado that you might want to give us spin. That's some new music heads up for you from all of us here at the Y'all Show. So, let's talk about something that is proven. And that would be country music starlets and food. And we've got some new country cookbooks out with recipes from Miranda Lambert, Reba, Trisha Yearwood, and more. Reba's going to release her new cookbook, Not That Fancy, Simple Lessons on Living, Loving, Eating, and Dusting Off Your Boots. That's coming out October 10th. I don't know if I could wait that long, Reba. But she's not the only person putting out new cookbooks. Miranda Lambert, I love this one. She's stealing it right from me here. Her new cookbook is called Y'all Eat Yet? The book has photos of Lambert smiling on the cover. And she insists that this is not a me cookbook, but a we cookbook. We need to get her on this show. There's no. I actually had a chance to hang out with her when she was first coming out. A chance to hang out with her and her mom and dad, Rick and Beverly. And she even wore a y'all shirt. Got a picture of that if y'all want to see it sometime. Uh, back when she was just getting started. I don't know if she would wear that y'all shirt these days. But y'all eat yet. She's got her mom's chicken salad complete with cheese in there. Her nani's tuna salad and banana pudding. Lots of great recipes in Miranda's fourth, coming fourth cookbook. And then Reba's cookbook. She's teamed up with Harper Celebrate to create a full color cookbook coming out in October. She's had other cookbooks in the past or books that are similar to that like Comfort from a Country Quilt was one of her past books. But a lot of humor and more in a very professionally done book from Reba. Then you got Trisha Yearwood, Trisha's Kitchen, Easy Comfort Food for Friends and Family. In that, she's got desserts like the Wild Muscadine Pie and Peanut Butter Sauce to go along with it, Fruit Cake Bars, and Brownies of the Double Stuffed and Potato Chip Bacon Variety. What in the heck? Monticello, Georgia native Trisha Yearwood and her new cookbook that you can find, if not already out, coming soon to a kitchen near you, Trisha's Kitchen. And we still have another starlet to tell you about. As a member of Little Big Town, Kimberly Schlappman, she's got a new cookbook out called O Gazelle Cooking and Visiting in Kimberly's Southern Kitchen. And, of course, as a member, of the she's the blonde, curly-haired, beautiful singer from Little Big Town. And she has her own cooking show, Kimberly's Simply Southern, filmed in her Nashville home. 
and you can check out this new book featuring recipes for Georgia peach salsa, Kimberly's chicken and dumplings, and even baked onion rings with hot ranch dip for big game. Ooh, I forgot to mention, she also has a recipe for sticky cinnamon rolls. Kimberly Schlappman, you know, it's been, to Little Big Town's credit, I don't think I could count on my hand, but about five major songs they've put out. But they've sure stretched them out. I first remember hearing about Little Big Town around the turn of the century. So that's that's a long time ago. And she and her three mates there, of course, two of them are married to each other. They continue to put out great music. I saw her and her fellow Little Big Town singer teaming up with Ingrid Andrus, I think it was, with her new song the other day. Pretty, pretty impressive. And then let me tell you about the Kansas lady that's a diehard Southerner at heart, Martina McBride. She's got a new cookbook called Martha's, or rather, Martina's Kitchen Mix, my recipe playlist for real life. She says that if she wasn't a singer, she thought she'd be a pretty good party planner. All right. The mother of several. She's got her family's favorite dishes in this thing, including her mother-in-law's Flavia's deviled eggs, her husband John, John McBride, his bacon-wrapped olives, and her go-to grilled shrimp tacos with chipotle sauce and slaw. She even has brunch options in her cookbook, Baked French Toast with Pecan Crumble and a blackberry maple syrup and hash brown breakfast casserole with tomato gravy. Man, these are great options. Perfect for, hmm, we just missed July 4th. Is there another holiday between now and Labor Day? We'll just call it, we'll call it whatever you want. It all sounds delicious. Again, these several ladies here, all with cookbooks, Schlappman, McIntyre, Lambert, Yearwood, McBride. Sounds like a law firm. You can find it out. As five country singers, these ladies have brand new cookbooks, and you can check out their recipes. Let me wrap up our country music news of the day with news about another country music starlet. East Tennessee native Kelsey Ballerina. She's going to have a performance at Outlaw Field in Boise, Idaho. And she's she's had this performance, and she turned it into a game of dodgeball of sorts as the uh, Knoxville native was hit in the face by an object thrown from the crowd while she was singing. Kelsey had to jerk backward and put her hand over her eye when struck. Her violin player came to her aid, and the two had a brief conversation, and Kelsey ended up having to leave the stage. But she got hit in the face with an unknown object while performing in Boise over the holiday weekend. We wish her well. She ended up coming back to the stage after she had changed her clothes and had a message for the crowd. Don't throw things. You hear me? She didn't say that part. She did not say that, but uh, appears that she is okay. Ballerini said there were children in attendance and she wanted shows of hers and every artist to be a safe place for everyone asking the crowd to help her make sure that was the case. The crowd cheered as they as they should have. No telling why or what. It doesn't matter. But she's safe. But good to see her back on stage and a beautiful and talented Tennessee native, Kelsey Ballerini with 
great music and making the big summer splash with a tour at least the last couple of days making a west coast swing of her music tour and that is a look at all things country music with our nashville music line report for this second hour of our conversation about the south y'all when we come back we're going to scoot back over and give you the update on what's going on in the world of southern sports we've got a little golf news and some college football notes all that ahead on y'all Missouri Tiger fans, stand up. We want to hear from you because you're going to be up first. It's the Southern Sports Report on this Thursday Y'all Show. We're just days away from the 2023 SEC Football Media Days being held for the first time in Nashville, Tennessee. And yes, Missouri is going to be on day one coming from downtown Nashville. Missouri and Elijah Drinkwitz and a couple of his players will be at the podium on July 17th of this kind of kickoff to the 2023 football season, at least for the Southeastern Conference. Mizzou, LSU, and Texas A&M are your day one entries into the SEC Football Media Days schedule. July 17th, Monday. On Tuesday, the 18th of July, four schools hit Music City. Hugh Freeze, the new skipper of Auburn, the former Mississippi head coach, the former Liberty Flames head coach, the former Arkansas State head coach, the former Lambeth Eagles head coach and former Briarcrest is it Briarcrest Christian you know the school he was coaching when the blind side was being you know he was the guy in blind side as the high school coach of or Hugh Freeze now at Auburn War Eagle did y'all see that there was a story about Hugh Freeze that came out the other day and I don't have it in front of me I'm going to do my best recitation of it but he walked in on a no no somebody was telling me this this was not a news story maybe i shouldn't tell it <laughs> okay this may or may not be true but hugh freeze was he's just bought some new property around auburn and he it's out in the country and he went and knocked on a neighbor's door or something and the neighbor was either naked or was stunned that he walked in and she pulled a gun on him or something like that i I need to get my ducks in a row. Whatever the case, it all ended fine. But that's what happened to you when you go knock on people's doors. If true, if that's a true story. Let me get back to that one. See, I get conversations mixed up with news stories. But that one, I don't think somebody would make that one up. And it, it it's a story that's actually a positive for Hugh. 
Hugh Baby. Hugh Baby is going to be joined by Kirby Baby on day two of the SEC Media Days. Georgia will be at the podium as well as the new coach of Mississippi State, Zach Arnett, taking over for the late Mike Leach. And then Clark Lee and Vanderbilt on the stage on that second day, July 18th. On the third day, it's Nick Saban. Hmm, who is that guy? Saban's going to be joined on that third day by Sam Pittman of the Razorbacks. Billy Napier, his second season in Gainesville, leading the Gators. He'll be there. And Mark Stoops of UK on day three. And then the final day, July 20th, Lane Kiffin of the Mississippi Bear Sharks, as well as Shane Beamer of the Fighting Roosters of South Carolina, and the Fighting Rocky Toppers, Josh Heupel and Tennessee, close out SEC Media Days on that fourth day, July 20th. And if the stars align and we could get a little help, uh, Mr. Thomas, are you listening? We're going to try to take the Y'all Show on the road for SEC Media Days. We've done it before. We've, we've actually had the Y'all show when it was a sports show only broadcast from Birmingham and I had a chance to visit with Mike's Live a couple of times the late SEC commissioner on our y'all kickoff show that we did and we had other coaches and players and more so I, I love this event it's it's fun and it truly is the official kickoff to the new season I know games don't really get going for another five or six weeks after this thing but whenever you have the media days, it's game on. And it's going to be coming up soon. And lastly, in our sports headlines of the South, Caitlin Clark, the Iowa basketball player, she and PGA Tour golfer Zach Johnson, a Masters winner, they're both natives of Iowa. They got together this week as they were there part of the John Deere Classic, and they teamed up for a little round of golf at the TPC Deer Run as they were in the Pro-Am portion of of the John Deere Classic, and Caitlin is a very, very good golfer. She grew up about 70 miles from the Quad Cities of Iowa, and I'm trying to see if I can get a score for her on this program, but I've seen her on some videos put out by her school, Iowa. She just goes out there and tears it up on the golf course. She comes from a golf family, but she's good at basketball. She was the top women's basketball player in college last year. Her team, the Hawkeyes, played for the national championship. But she and fellow Iowan Zach Johnson, one of the good guys, I think he makes his home in the offseason at Sea Island, Georgia. I think that's right. But uh, good to see those two having fun on the golf course as part of the John Deere Classic. And that is a look at Southern Sports as we wrap up this second hour of our conversation about all things Southern. We're going to come back here with a quick note for you, and then we'll send you on to Hour 3 of the Y'all Show in just a few minutes. So hang around, y'all. Well, that will wrap up our second hour of Y'all. Please stick around. We've got another hour full of great Southern stuff coming your way, including some great festivals from Slug Burgers to the Bill Withers Festival. We'll talk about it all right here in our final hour of the show that shakes everything Southern. We are y'all.
y'all doing? It's the Y'all Show final hour on this Thursday. John Rawls, my name. Good to have you back here as we've got more conversation about what's going on in the South. I'm actually going to expand our footprint of coverage here for just a moment. I'm going to talk about Ukraine and Russia. What the heck's going on over there real quick? <laughs> we'll discuss that. Where is Putin chef? Yagoni, where the heck are you, sir? Are you going to show up here in the South? We'll talk about that. We'll also fill you in on a tragic day in Shreveport, Louisiana on the 4th of July. We'll let you know about that story and other headlines from across the Southeast, including the birth of a 13-pound-plus kiddo in Williamson County, Tennessee. I'll let you know about all that here in this final y'all hour for Thursday. We also have a Southern Sports Report that we will be getting to and our festivals across the South. We've got some great, great festivals. A peach festival that I'm going to tell you about. And slug burgers are going to be discussed here as that is a big event in Car Inth, Mississippi this weekend. All that coming up here in this final hour of y'all. If you want to get involved, it is just the easiest thing ever. We'll give you a free slug burger if you text us. 615-208-4184. I don't know how I'm going to ship it to you. 615-208-4184. It's the y'all show. Let us know what you're thinking here because... Maybe I'm not thinking, and we need your help. (laughs) Let us know here. Y'all, this show about the South. I'm glad to be with you on great radio stations and certainly happy to to be with you in our podcast formats. We're available for absolutely free on Apple Podcasts. We're in the iTunes app as well. And you can find y'all on the TuneIn app, the Spotify app, and we're also on Tune in, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. I guess that's it. You know, when you get to be on so many darn apps, you kind of lose track of where you are. I don't know where we are, but I know where we're going. We're going forward, y'all. Going forward with our coverage of everything Southern. Let's dive into this hour's headlines. And, And again, let me start off with something that's happening today from an international standpoint. Because I, I love to talk about the South, but... I don't know about y'all, since February of 2022, I've been really keeping up with this whole Russia-Ukraine thing. And now, Putin's chef, Yagoni Prezhenin, the Wagner leader, Prigozhin, is that his name, I think? Um, He's missing. Where, Where is he? And the president of Belarus says that he's not in his country, even though that's what the negotiation was two Saturdays ago when there was a coup and the president of Belarus brokered a deal to where Wagner would go into his country and the assault on Moscow would not happen. And now it appears that he never made it to Belarus or he's not there now. I've said before, and I'll say it again, I think if our forces were smart, even though this guy's a ruthless killer, he could probably be bought off by Western forces, and his troops could be bought off. They're a private military or, or mercenary group. PMG is what it stands for. What's the difference between military and mercenary? They're kind of doing the same thing. They're professional fighters. So much so they go into prisons and steal people and make them go, literally, become cannon fodder. And I think... It would have been smart to try to... If they if they weren't doing this, they should have been doing this several months ago, especially when 
Wagner was the only force for Russia present fighting against Ukraine in, in Bakhmut, the besieged town that's been back and forth and back and forth for, gosh, nearly a year. That, that place is nothing but rubble. And the guy could have been bought off, I think, especially when he starts smack-talking his Russian counterparts, the military. He, he hates the generals of Russia. He feels like they've purposely caused his forces to be slaughtered at Bakhmut, that they purposely did not offer him the artillery that he needed and the personnel to launch offenses against the Ukrainian forces. And the drama over there just keeps on unfolding. Plus, you've got the nuclear place there, Zaporizhia, that is supposedly has, at least on two of their reactors, explosive devices that can be seen from the satellite. <laughs> and and it's just it's a disaster. And I've got a buddy of mine. He is firmly on the side of Russia on this one. I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I, I'm not saying that we as a nation need to get behind Ukraine and give them a blank check and give them uh, a, a forever slap on the back and say, we're here for you. If you're going to do that, you might as well just send forces over there and get it over with. And I hate to say that because I don't want to see American bloodshed, but we're bleeding financially. And what do we get out of it? The feel good that we help a country keep Russia away and I don't know if Russia's going to stay away more importantly though what are the other countries doing to help out the actual neighbors of Ukraine what are they doing what is Ukraine assuming we we help them as a country and they survive and they, they actually push Russia back what's in it for America then do we get skin in the game do we get money for all the money that we've sent them is it a return on investment for helping save their country? I really don't know. I, I don't think any of that's been discussed. And I like Zelensky, the president of Ukraine. My, my friend, who is such a Russia, pro-Russia guy, he cannot stand that guy. He calls him an actor. Well, he was an actor. He was a comedian. But he's a darn good president. And I'll, I'll say this. You knew he was a good president from day two of this assault in February of 2022. You remember what happened? The guy that's hardly even a president of this country, Biden, offered him a helicopter ride out of Kiev because the Russian troops were approaching, and that's the, the, the Biden way of leading your country is to rescue you out of there and have you set up a government in exile. And what did Zelensky tell Biden? We don't need a ride we need ammunition. We need fighters. We need to kick their butt. And guess what? For the most part, during this, I think we're about to hit 500 days of this war. What should have been a, I think a two-week special military operation, as Putin called it, has now stretched into 500 days. And there's no end in sight. Especially when the stories just came out the other day that there were going to be 180,000 additional Russian troops sent as reinforcements into Ukraine, to the eastern portions of that country. And there's still that threat for Ukraine of what's going on in Belarus. 
Are the Russian troops there going to cross over from Belarus into Ukraine? That sets up a whole other problem. Fortunately, Belarus, which is Russia's stepchild, it looks like, hasn't quite actively sent its own people to fight. They've allowed Russia to maneuver there and set up camps and and do things like that, but they haven't sent their own treasure, if you will. That could change. That could change. But right now, the story today is Prigozhin, the head of Wagner, is missing. Where Where is he? He's a rich guy. Remember, he got about a billion dollar a year contract for feeding Russian soldiers, and now that contract's been canceled. So are Russian soldiers going to starve to death because the Putin chef guy is not cooking up food for them, the Wagner chief? Oh, I know. You might be bored hearing me talk about all this stuff, but I do kind of keep up with it. and I'm ready for this thing to come to an end. I'm ready for the bloodshed to come to an end. I'm, I'm ready for lots of things to come to an end. And Mike Pence was just over there last week. Or was it this week? It might have been. I mean, this holiday thing's kind of got me messed up. It must have been early this week. Pence was over there. CNN has been over there with some of their reporters. They did a sit-down interview with Mike Pence while he was there. And I'm still waiting for Trump to go over there. I wish he would go over there. If if all these other people can go, Trump can go. That would really go a long way for his campaign, in my opinion. Because the true thing Trump says, that this would not have happened under his watch. If he were president, Russia would not have invaded Ukraine. And I have to believe him. We had a more peaceful world when Donald Trump was president. We didn't have conflict that like they've got right now in Israel for God's sakes. I mean they've had more of a, a, a brave brazen crossing of borders and fighting over there in the last couple of days than we've seen in years in Israel there at the West Bank. And then you've got other places. I mean there's a lot of unrest in Africa right now. And Wagner is involved in that. And we've got American troops armed and, and participating in some stuff that we don't get a lot of coverage on in several African countries. It was a peaceful time between 2017 and 2021 whenever Trump left office. And he'll be happy to tell you all about it. But that's our Ukraine report. Let me let me get back to talking about what's instead happening here in Dixie and our headlines across the South and Ukraine, it looks like today. Deadly shooting in Shreveport on the 4th of July has left four people dead. The governor of Louisiana, John Bell Edwards, putting a statement out saying, The mass shooting in Shreveport on July 4th is both deeply disturbing and heartbreaking. I'm asking everyone to pray for the families who lost loved ones and those whose survivors are fighting for their lives. This was an annual celebration, and everyone who was in attendance deserved to have an enjoyable and safe time. There is no excuse for why such a celebratory occasion turned into a devastating tragedy. Sadly, it was one of several unnecessary shootings across our country on the 4th of July. Local law enforcement enforcement is doing everything possible to bring those responsible to justice. Louisiana State Police has offered to help and will continue to be available to provide any necessary assistance. That's from the Democratic governor of the Pelican State John Bell Edwards again four people dead seven people wounded on a 4th of July evening shooting at what was supposed to be a birthday party 
in North Shreveport. Elsewhere in our headlines across the southeast today, we take you to the Keys, the Florida Keys, where boaters there found 62 pounds of cocaine and 87 pounds of hashish. Be careful when you're out boating in the Keys this time of year. Street value of this haul, $1.4 million, according to U.S. Customs and Border Protection. 341,000 pounds of drugs have already been seized this year. And of that amount, nearly 98,000 pounds of that was marijuana. 96,000 was methamphetamines. And cocaine totaled about 33,000 pounds of what's been seized by CBP in just the year alone. So don't be smuggling that stuff in, y'all. Keep that away from us. President Joe Biden, he knows a thing or two about cocaine. If he doesn't, he does now because cocaine found at the White House over the weekend. Uh, He's going to sniff his way down away from cocaine to South Carolina today. The commander-in-chief traveling to West Columbia as part of his Bidenomics plan. He's going to be delivering remarks today at Flex LTD. That is a supply chain and manufacturing solutions company in West Columbia, South Carolina, just a few miles from the state capital of Columbia. And this follows what his wife did last week. Jill Biden was at Paris Island, home of the United States Marine Corps Training Center. Semper Fi to all you Marines out there. Many of you went through Paris Island, the island. And Jill Biden was down there last week. And she, I think, attended a graduation but the Biden spending a fair amount of time in Republican South Carolina. Deputies in North Carolina need help identifying a woman accused of destroying a funeral home. Eggers Funeral Home, located in Mooresboro, that is in Rutherford County, North Carolina. The sheriff's office says it needs help identifying this woman as she tried to destroy this funeral home on US 221A. The woman ended up making multiple wardrobe changes because there's video of her attempting to destroy this funeral home. And she also changed her hairstyle while in the process of destroying Edgar's funeral home. And you uh, can call, if you know who this is, if you see the photos, call 828-286-2911. Funeral home destruction wannabe woman. Let's get her in the jail. I'm sure she's just... (coughs) dying to get there. What a great dad joke. If you own a Honda, Honda is recalling more than 100,000 recently manufactured vehicles over a brake issue that could lead to the loss of function. So listen up. If you have any of these models of Hondas, you might want to go see your local dealer and figure out what's going on. The 2020 and 2021 Civics, the 2020 through 2023 Ridgelines, the 2021 through 2023 passports and the 2021 through 2022 pilots as well as the 2020 Acura MDX all with a possible brake issue so check out for the recall at a Honda dealership near you Hondas which generally are very very reliable and good cars and get great gas mileage trying to get that ship righted I'm sure now let's take you to Marietta Georgia as there is a really neat story coming from there about a store there that serves up 
wedding dresses. It's Belle Fiore Bridal in Marietta. And there's now a shop there, there, this Belle Fiore Bridal that's helping people who are either first responders or have a military spouse or more, helping them pick out their wedding dress. And they're going the extra mile because about 20 brides have signed up to search the shop for their wedding dresses. And from what I understand, they're being given free wedding dresses. I don't know if it's too late to sign up. Belle Fiore Bridal, Marietta, Georgia. It's part of a Brides Across America contest. And according to the owner, Renee Goodman, a list of brides have registered and have been approved, and you book an appointment to come in and get your free gown. I like that. The women at the store are in the military. They're frontline health care workers during COVID. First responders are they're marrying someone who is. So pretty neat a day. This is a one-day event, Brides Across America. I assume there's going to be similar stores that sell wedding dresses around the South that are doing the same thing, but I only have information on this one store in Marietta there in Cobb County. Very good thing, and happy wedding time, y'all. I haven't been to a wedding in a while. And no, I'm not really looking forward to having one of my own either. <laughs> I, I, could, I could go to a wedding. I could go to my own wedding. But usually that takes somebody to share that fun with. And man, that's, that's not happening right now. Speaking of sharing love, you might want to go over to Philadelphia, not the one in Mississippi, the one in Pennsylvania. They got them a brand new love sign put up there in the city of brotherly love. As this has been put outside the fashion district in Philadelphia. It's a gift from Fairfax County, Virginia, as that county's tourism marketing organization, Visit Fairfax, has gifted this love, big giant letters, L-O-V-E. It's a sculpture given to the Fashion District, which is a shopping center in downtown Philadelphia at the corner of 9th and Market Streets. And the reason they're doing this is because the theme of Virginian tourism is Virginia is for lovers. That's been their theme since 1969. Very very well-known and common theme that's on their license plates even that virginia is for lovers and as a non-lover I, i'm gonna just have to take their love their 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 message here that they know they know what they're talking about there in the commonwealth of virginia and so yeah virginia is for lovers and now they're pushing that message beyond their own boundaries into the commonwealth of pennsylvania and lastly, in our headlines of what's going on across the South today, Dateline, Franklin, Tennessee, at the Williamson Medical Center. And on July 4th, an unnamed baby was hatched at Williamson Medical Center. And this baby checked in at 13.2 uh, pounds. That's a lot, lot of, of baby. The baby, so far, the name has not been released, but it's a beautiful baby. I've seen the picture. It looks like it's about six years old, but it's only about three days old. The mother, the congratulations went out to the mother and to the staff of Williamson Medical Center's OB, NICU, and maternity departments. Great job there with the big haul on 
New Year's Day, a 13.2 ounce baby. Great way to start a 4th of July with a red, white, and blue 13 pounder. The only thing more patriotic would be a 13 pound, perhaps big old bass on the line for some of you in Middle Tennessee. But uh, no, a baby's great too. We're happy. Maybe that baby's going to grow up and catch lots of big fish just like this baby, which I don't even know if it's a boy or girl. They didn't include that in the story. But uh, by the way, the average baby born between 37 and 40 weeks, it weighs between 5.5 pounds, 8 ounces, or up to 8 pounds, 13, 8, 13. Between 5, 8, and 8, 13, somewhere in that middle is the average weight of a newborn. And this one checking in over 13. Yikes. Kudos to the mom for hauling that thing around for nine months. That that person, that, that they that they that they carried around for so long and they're excited there in williamson county for the birth of a new williamson county and which by the way i think the average home price in williamson county is a million dollars so million dollar baby you could say born there this week in franklin tennessee and that is a look at our news headlines for this hour and we're kind of a big baby here and We're not ashamed of it. We're going to come right back and give you a quick sports update before we walk through some of the great festivals taking place in the South this weekend. And we got some good ones, y'all. So hang on, and we'll tell you all about it. Got a tomato festival in West Tennessee, and we'll tell you about Yeah. What is that up? What's up with that? I'll tell you on the Y'all Show. talking about everything in the South. And a quick look at some sports headlines for this Thursday. And news out of Gainesville, Florida. Sort of. Former Gator quarterback Jalen Kitna on Wednesday. He had a plea deal there with local officials. Five felony child pornography charges dropped against the former Gator quarterback. It's a deal that resulted in him pleading no contest to two misdemeanor counts of breach of the peace. Jalen Kitna, quarterback for Florida, no longer with the program. He was a sophomore and a son of former NFL quarterback John Kitna, who played with the Seahawks for a number of years. I think he also was with the Cowboys, if memory serves me correctly. John Kitna with the first name 
J O N, a great way to spell the word John. I know, I know all too well that it's a great way to spell it. But Jalen the son is the the son, the legacy quarterback there, John Kitna. And as a part of this plea, Kitna will not be required to register as a sex offender and will not serve jail time. He's been sentenced to one year probation, which could be reduced to six months if he complies with the conditions of his parole. Now, Jalen Kitna was arrested back on November 30th on five felony child pornography charges, two counts of distribution of child exploitation material, and three counts of possession of child pornography. There was a tip that police received from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. So he's been in some hot water. Kitna was immediately dismissed from the Florida football team following his arrest and was banned from the University of Florida campus until November of 2025. According to his attorney, Ron Kozlowski, what we've got here today is a result that's fair and the right result. Is this guy going to get a chance to move on to another college and play football is the question. Is he going to have a chance to ultimately play in the NFL like his father did? Jalen Kitna, in a way, getting a slap on the wrist if these charges were indeed true. According to his attorney, the state agreed to these things and they feel good about the decision to have a plea deal with Jalen Kitna. So all we can do is what's being reported here on the y'all show for women's golf this week it's a major it's one of the i think they have five major championships in the lpga this week it's the u.s women's open taking place at pebble beach with a record purse 11 million dollars at stake the winner is going to be able to walk away with a two million dollar check first time i think a major has eclipsed two million for a lady you know the men get on most of these major tours, major champions, they get three, somewhere around three, I think, is the total these days. And uh, if you win just a normal PGA Tour event, it's more like 1.5. So that's a, that's a great step up. And I got to give credit to the Live Tour. I think the Live Tour helped push the numbers up for a lot of tournaments, including the LPGA. I know it's apples to oranges, men and women here I'm talking about, but this is a big jump now. And it's going to be some great golf coming from California for the 2023 U.S. Women's Open, which this year's tournament will feature for the last time as a competitive player, Michelle Wee West, the former Stanford golfer who has won many, many times on the LPGA Tour and one of the true stars of that circuit she's stepping away from the game after this week's u.s open so we wish her well on that and that is a quick look at what's going on sports wise across the south and some of the other portions of the country with our southern ladies teeing up in the lpga u.s women's open going on this weekend out on the left coast we'll come back here on the y'all show when we when we return We've got a breakdown of some great festivals that are taking place in the South this weekend. I can't wait to share that list. It's our Festive South feature, and it is up next. 
singer with songs like that one right there from 1977 lovely day he also had just the two of us in 81 and he won three grammy awards a very talented singer and a inductee into the songwriters hall of fame and the rock and roll hall of fame as well and two of his songs have been inducted into the grammy hall of fame withers born the youngest of six children in the small coal mining town of Slab Fork, West Virginia. How about that? West Virginia native Bill Withers. And we're talking about Bill Withers because this weekend you can go to Beckley, West Virginia right down the road from Slab Fork where he grew up it's the annual Bill Withers Memorial Festival going on at the Beckley Intermodal Gateway, and that's on Neville Street. That's Saturday from 12 to 7, Beckley WV, the Bill Withers Memorial Festival. Some good music for sure going on there this weekend. All right, moving on to other sections of the Southeast. This is what we call Festive South, some great festivals for you to consider going to this weekend after the 4th of July. And how about head out to Oklahoma, USA, because it's the 2023 McLeod Blackberry Festival in McLeod, Oklahoma, at the McLeod Veterans Park Event Grounds. That's this weekend, both Friday and Saturday. Check out lots of blackberries in McLeod, Oklahoma. Elsewhere in the south this weekend, we've got in Timonium, Maryland, it's the German Festival, the Biggerwein, I believe it's what it's called. Birger Verein, and I don't know, and I'm a German speaker, what the heck is Birger Verein? Ich weiß nicht. I don't know. That was a cuss word in German, by the way. German festivals at the Maryland State Fairgrounds in Timonium, Maryland, this weekend, actually Sunday specifically, the Birger Verein. Uh, am I going to have to cheat? Let me pull up my app. I don't remember studying that word while I was just skating through Deutsch back in the back in the day. I don't like to be stumped. 
and I'm being stumped on this. I, come on, app, help me out here. We didn't have these apps when I was in school. If I'd had these apps, I would have made an A. I think I would have made an A. Actually, I can proudly tell you that I had five years of German in my education. But I should have only had four. That's because I failed German twice. And I'm an idiot and stuck with it. And here I am getting a chance to show off and I'm totally failing what this word means. Bigger ver rein. Let's see if I can figure out what this word means. Civic association. Oh, no wonder I never knew that word. So Bigeverein translates to civic association, the German festival. <laughs> come on, people in Maryland, you can come up with a better one, like uh, maybe Bratwurst and beer, or the Yavol, or how about this one? You know, Yavol means yes. It's like yes with enthusiasm in the German language. How about instead of Yavol, we start a festival called the Yavol. The Yavol means like yeah. we're Southern and yeah. Yavol. And we'll have lots of beer and bratwurst and Pap, Pap's Blue Ribbon. Yeah, that's what we... Not going to have Bud Light at the Y'all Vogue Festival. All right, let's move on. Got to get back on track. Hair Rawl. That means mister. In New Orleans this weekend, it's the Hell Awaits Extreme Metal Fest 3. That's going to be at Siberia in the Big Easy. Hell Awaits Extreme Metal Fest 3 this weekend. Clayton, Georgia, that's northeast Georgia, beautiful section of the Peach State. And there in Clayton this weekend at the Rabin County Civic Center, you can enjoy Painted Fern Art Festival Saturday through Monday. Beautiful, beautiful section of Georgia. In Dunedin, Florida this weekend, it is the Dunedin Orange Festival going on. And that is in Dunedin at the Pioneer Park. And that is going to be Saturday all afternoon, the Orange Festival. Dunedin is just north of Clearwater. It's on the Gulf Coast side of the state of Florida, known for its pine forest and ospreys. Right there at Dunedin, you have the Honeymoon Island State Park. And it offers great views of St. Joseph Sound. And in the hammock park area of Dunedin they've got owls, woodpeckers and a butterfly garden it is truly a paradise in Dunedin and there in paradise this weekend you can get your Dunedin Orange Festival fun underway this weekend in Alabama to North Alabama you can go and have a good time in Athens at the Athens Limestone County Public Library it is the first annual Tennessee Valley Literary Festival in Athens, Alabama, Marshall County. All right. This weekend in Missouri, it's the Starvey Creek Bluegrass Festival. The Starvey Creek Bluegrass Festival happens at 1933 Bluegrass Road. What a great address for a festival all about bluegrass in Conway, Missouri. This weekend in Casey, South Carolina, that's just down the street from where Joe Biden is going to be appearing today, Saturday from 1 to 11 at the historic Casey Speedway on Charleston Highway. It is Taste of the South. Some good food out there in Casey, South Carolina this weekend. In Corpus Christi, Texas, it's the R&B Picnic Festival at Staple Street 
in Corpus Christi this weekend. Sounds like a lot of fun. Lots of good, good food on display. Elsewhere in the South this weekend, in Bedford, Virginia, you have the Horse and Hound Wine Festival at Johnson's Orchard in Bedford, Virginia this weekend. Make plans to get your horse and your hound and some wine all mixed in for fun. <laughs> in Ripley, Tennessee, it is the Lauderdale County Tomato Festival right there in West Tennessee, north of Memphis. Oh, going to be a great time getting your juicy vine-ripe tomatoes celebrated at Lauderdale County's Tomato Festival. That is this weekend in Ripley, Tennessee, both Saturday and Sunday. In Maggie Valley in North Carolina this weekend, it's the Maggie Valley Arts and Crafts Festival at the Festival Grounds in Maggie Valley. That's Saturday from 9 to 4.30. You can check that out in lovely WNC, Western North Carolina. Also this weekend, you have in Sabree, Kentucky, the Sugar Butt Sweets and Sabree Summerfest going on. What a name, Sugar Butts. <laughs> it's a Sugar Butt Summerfest going on in the state of Kentucky this weekend. Also in Clarksville, Arkansas, it's the Johnson County Peach Festival. That's going on in on McKinnon Street Saturday. Check that out. The Johnson County Peach Festival in the natural state. And I think I've just about covered all but one, I think. Let me double check. I don't want to leave anybody out. It's always fun to mention our southern festivals. Okay, so that brings us to our final festival for the weekend. And we want to take y'all down to Corinth, or up to Corinth, or over to Corinth. Corinth, Mississippi, this weekend, hosts the Slug Burger Festival in downtown Corinth. This railroad center, once on the Charleston and Memphis Railroad. They've got the Slug Burger Festival taking place Saturday. What is a Slug Burger? It is a food found in northeast Mississippi, which is where Corinth is. But you can also find Slug Burgers in other towns in north Mississippi, north Alabama. I don't know if they're in West Tennessee or not, but they are a, it's kind of like a hamburger. It's a patty made from a mixture of beef or pork and an inexpensive meat extender such as soybeans. It is deep fried in oil and it's typically served on a bun with mustard, pickles, onions, and some places with a side of French fries or onion rings. There's a Slug Burger Cafe that I go to in Corinth when I'm passing through. Great Slug Burger there. So, yeah, Slug Burgers came to Corinth in 1917 by a guy named John Weeks. He brought his hamburger recipe down from Chicago. But the problem was they had all these people working on the railroads and stuff, and they needed a cheap sandwich. So they came up with this Slug Burger, a, a cheap version of a hamburger, essentially, is what it is, because it mixes in all of that soy, the, the soybean mixture which makes it a slug burger. And the funny thing, if you go to Corinth, there are businesses who claim to have a better slug burger than than the other ones. The reason it got its name slug burger is because that name slug burger comes from the slang term for a metal disc the size of a nickel that would work in a vending machine, a slug. And I guess that's what it would cost to get you a slug burger back in 1917. <laughs> the neat thing about the Slug Burger Festival in Corinth, Mississippi, they actually have a Slug Burger Eating Championship. Or at least they've had it in the past. And do you know who was a two-time winner of the Slug Burger Eating Championship in Corinth? Joey Chestnut. 
Before he started eating hot dogs, he was eating slug burgers. He won in 2013 and 2014. He downed 43 slug burgers in 2014. And then I guess he got called up to Coney Island. Oh, he's too good for the slug burgers these days. Joey Chestnut, who actually is from western Kentucky. He is from Hickman, the Hickman area, in the far western edge of Kentucky, just above Fulton, Kentucky. Right on the West Tennessee, Western Kentucky area, right on the right on the Mississippi River, essentially is where Joey Chestnut's roots are. I don't know if he learned to eat hot dogs and slug burgers in a big way growing up in that portion of Kentucky, but yes. And he won, by the way, this week eating sixty two hot dogs in the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. But before he was down in hot dogs, he was down in slug burgers in Car Mississippi, which again this weekend if you head to Corinth, it is the annual Slug Burger Festival. I've been that to that before. Fun time in all Corinth County. Go check it out. Tell them that everybody at y'all says this is a cool place to go. And we do like our cool places like Corinth and our other places like where you will find the Bill Withers Memorial Festival going on this weekend. It will be a lovely day for sure. And that wraps up our Festive South feature for this hour of talking about Dixie. Happy to do it here on this show that's Dixie Fried. We're going to wrap this Thursday edition up of y'all after this timeout. Stay tuned. clock on the wall says we are just out of time here on this thursday y'all show i appreciate y'all taking an opportunity to sit down with me if you're out doing yard work and stuff that's fine too thank you for sweating it up here on this hot summer day we'll do it again on friday gonna have another exciting episode you can catch the y'all show on great radio stations you can also find us in podcast form on the tune in app the apple podcast app the Apple, let's see, iTunes app. You can find us as well in Spotify and the iHeartRadio app. All free of charge. Just search y'all show. So have a great rest of your Thursday. And we appreciate you getting your Southern on here on the show that shakes the Southland. Southland.